Is speed or quality more important in business? So the big question is, how are entrepreneurs like us who have too much to do and too little time able to build both the business and the life of our dreams? That's the question. And on this podcast, we'll explore the journey to the answer. My name is Brett Ingram, entrepreneur and award-winning product creator. I chose to build a business and have a time for a personal life, and I want to help you do the same. Welcome to Optimize. Whether we're creating a product, we're offering a service, or whatever we're doing, we always have sort of the tension or the stress between trying to get it done fast enough and trying to make it good enough that we know it's going to have great quality and be very successful. And so um, there are always these pressures of doing it the best while also doing it fast. I mean, the fact is, if you create a product or service and it isn't good enough, no matter how fast you get it out, the problem is your customers are going to see it or they're going to experience it or they may even buy it and then they're going to be disappointed. And that affects not only your short-term sales in terms of that particular product offering, but it also hurts your brand. It also hurts you know, the, your uh, possibility of having them as repeat customers and potentially could damage your reputation far beyond just the individual product or service that you're offering. So that's an obvious issue if the product that you're offering isn't good enough. At the same time, if it isn't fast enough, you can accrue so much expense and you can bury yourself in so much debt or expense in creating the product or service. And also you have the lack of revenue coming in that it can really put you in a tough financial spot. And then that puts you also in a situation where you may need to do things that you didn't want to do um, and rush things out or whatever in order to try to make enough money to pay your expenses and your bills. And so if you aren't fast enough, the other risk that you have is that a competitor beats you to it. So if something that you're trying to create is you know somewhat unique or you think has a unique angle and it takes you that little bit of extra time and somebody else beats you to it, you may still be able to launch it and you still may be able to make a little bit of money with it. But the first mover is always going to have the biggest advantage, right? The first person who comes out, the first company that offers any new particular product is generally the one that is going to scoop up a lot of that first mover advantage for the people that see it as a novel product. If you then create one that's better, you know, you're still going to get your your share of the sales in the market. But the reality of it is that first mover is the one um, that's going to really, really benefit. Um, And, you know, I actually have experienced this myself um, in my own product development, and I've seen it play out over and over again in my own industry, because um, there are people that will launch a product and it may not be that great, but it's the first of its type. And so they get uh, a lot of adoption on that. They get a lot of promotion from affiliates and partners, and they get a lot of customers to buy it because it's something they haven't seen before. And so um, if they had had a choice of that or three other products that were competing with it, they may not choose that one because it might not be the best, but because it's the only option, they buy it. And then I've seen ones where, um, you know, the product might be might be really, really good, um, but somebody else has already beaten them to it. And so in my own personal experience, um, I had a product years ago called Conversion Miner, and I actually thought it was a really clever idea. It was a way to sort of um, mine more clicks out of your website without getting into the technical details of it. Um, I had tested it and tested it, 
and I had set sort of a launch date where I wanted to get this out. And so um, I had it working in a few different instances, but I also did have a, a few red flags. Like there were a couple of times that I tried it in various um, scenarios where it just wasn't working that well. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't cloaking the links. It wasn't converting things to links. Um, the pages that it was creating looked a little bit messy, but I knew that I was close and I knew that based on the launch calendar, my timing to get it out was at a certain, um, you know, certain time. And so I went ahead with it anyway. And unfortunately, that particular product didn't do well. It was basically a flop. You know, what happened was, first off, the marketing itself, um, I didn't spend enough time on. I was fixated on the product. And so, um, you know, I, I didn't really optimize the, the sales page to help people understand what it really did. It was a little bit confusing, but the worst part about it was despite all that, when it started to make sales, um, I had a lot of customer support issues because it wasn't as easy to use. It wasn't as clear the value that it provided. And so, um, you know, that one was a lesson learned. The launch didn't do very well. Um, I had put a, a decent amount into it, but I had sort of rushed it out. I, I should have taken more time. I should have beta tested it more, made sure that it was really good. And I should have also optimized the sales funnel to make sure that I had um, a sales funnel that I knew would convert. On the flip side of that, um, a couple of years back, I was creating a, a handful of video products and um, I had created one and it did really, really well. And so um, I was creating an animated version of it to be able to create animated videos. And I thought, you know, on the market at the time, there was really nothing like it. So I was super excited about it. And um, the idea was it was going to take about four or five months to get it out the door. And so um, the four or five months came and went. And um, I was working with a partner at the time. And it was, it was you know, I thought pretty close to good enough. Like we needed a little bit of tweaking. But he believed that we needed to do a lot more to it. So we kept making changes. We kept making improvements. We were pouring money into this product. And it ended up taking about 11 months to launch. So about an extra, I would say, five to six months to get, to get it out the door. And when it actually launched, while it did well just in pure numbers, um, it was worse than the launch that we had done before on a product that was simpler and costless. And so um, the problem there was just that, you know, we, we waited too long. You know, we tried to make it too perfect. And despite the fact that the product was good and it was really well received, there wasn't enough justification in it in the market because we couldn't generate enough to make it worth having waited an entire year. Had we launched some things in between, um, we would have actually netted a lot more money overall. And so, um, so the question always comes down to, wh what do we do, right? If we're faced with this situation, um, what do we do? Now, there's two sort of sides of this in business. One is products and services, things that you're offering to customers. And that's sort of what I focused on so far, so I'll start there. For products and services, the smart way to do this is to create a pathway for your product or service. So you have an idea in your mind, right? You have a vision of what this product or service is going to do, the value it's going to provide. But then what you need to do, because as entrepreneurs, especially if we're perfectionists, we get to a point where, geez, you know, if I just added this feature and that feature, and then we never get it off the ground. And that is death to a business because you have to be generating revenue. So you can separate the features. Think about the features in two different buckets. The absolute must-haves, 
the, the features that if this product or service didn't have these features, customers wouldn't get the value, right? They, they wouldn't see it as valuable. They wouldn't want to spend money on it. Or if they did spend money, they'd want their money back because they didn't feel like they got enough. And so there are features that are going to be absolute must-haves in any particular product. And then there are ones that are going to be nice to have, stuff that really add value, stuff that you know is really great and people would be excited to have it. But if it wasn't in there initially, they're not going to ask for a refund. They aren't going to feel like they got duped or like they bought something that doesn't provide them any value. And sometimes these are tough decisions, but you need to break it into those two sort of buckets. And then what you do is you build the product or service until all the must-haves are there, working, optimized, like really good, right? So so your, your minimum like viable product, if you want to call it that, your MVP, right, is a quality product that if people use, they might say, hey, this is awesome. I mean, I wish it did this and this and this, but this is a really good product. Because when you do it that way, what you can do, and this is a really effective way to sort of bridge the gap, is you can communicate with customers the pathway. You can share with them when they buy in advance, hey, this is where we're going with this product. These are the feature lists that we're going to be adding over the next several months or years or whatever, and we're going to be you know, making it even better. This does a number of things all at once. Number one, it lets you um, get feedback and input. Right. If you share that with the customers, then um, the customers are going to share with you their thoughts about that, you know, and, and whether or not they're excited about those features or whatever. It's going to get you buy in from customers because they know this isn't the end result. You know, maybe they want these four extra features, but they can see that you're building them. So they're going to be more patient. They're going to work with you and be your partner in the process, as opposed to getting frustrated and angry at you because you didn't give them everything that they need. The other thing it's going to do is it's going to validate your product or service's value. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the worst thing you can do is spend months and months or years and years creating something only to find out there's no demand for it. You know, somebody in my industry years ago um, was building these list building products and they were really good and he had a couple of really successful ones. So he decided he was going to go all in on it and he built this really, really sophisticated one that he claims to this day was his best product. And it was an absolute flop because he put so much into making the product so great that he didn't engage his audience and make sure that it was something that they even wanted or understood how to use. And that was ultimately the issue. So by doing it this way, you're going to validate your product or service before you pour too many resources into it. It's also going to ensure you're on the right track with the feature ideas for the future. Right, You might have had these eight extra features that you want to add. You might share that with your customers and they might go, oh, well, that's cool, but actually we really wanted to do this, this, and this. And then you could sort of re-engineer it and make sure that you're always going toward what your customers really want. Because at the end of the day, it's not about what you want or think is great. It's about what your customers want, will be willing to pay for and be excited about. And then the other thing it does, of course, is it generates revenue for you. So by getting it out the door a little bit earlier without all of the features, it generates revenue for you that you can reinvest and then you can build and you have less risk because you validated the product, you're generating some revenue and you know what people want. That is a smart way to do it. And by the way, if that whole process sounds familiar, that's the Apple launch model. And Apple's not exclusive to this. In fact, it was a guy in my industry that taught Apple how to do this. 
And a lot of companies do the same thing, right? And the mobile phone market is, is rampant with this. They released something, Apple did this with the iPod too. Um, they had more features already ready to go when they launched each version. They specifically held them back for future versions so they could get customer feedback and so they could continue to milk more revenue off the market when they released another one with eight new features on it. And so it's a really, really smart and effective way to run a business when you're trying to create products and services. Now, if we shift gears a little bit and we look at it from a project standpoint, let's say it's something internal to your business, then how do we balance speed and quality, right? Well, it's actually quite similar. The fact is you need to think about the value of whatever the project is to your business. If it's something that is low value, it's something that you need to do, but it isn't going to you know, produce a giant return on investment. You know, it's, it's something that um, is going to have a minimal impact ultimately, uh, but it might seem important or something that you need to do. Then that is something where, um, you know, you want to break, you want to break your projects into the two buckets. Again, this, the, that, the low value and the high value, high value things are going to have a, a major impact on you know, the vision of the firm or the product offerings or the sales or the revenue or the growth. Any, any high value projects are going to be things, you know if they're dealing with branding or whatever, those are things that you're gonna to wanna to invest in and you're gonna to wanna to spend more time on, right? So you're gonna to wanna to focus on the quality for things like that because you can't really shortfall the quality of a brand or you know, the quality of things that are revenue generating. At the same time, um, if it is something that is you know, more organizational in nature, go with the speed element and focus on getting it done quickly and then you can always adjust the approach after. A lot of projects that we do in business end up getting re-engineered several times anyway. Whatever way that we have it envisioned in our head to be perfect rarely is. So if we spend too much time thinking about it and too much time optimizing and perfecting, then we create it and then we realize we need to change that project anyway. It didn't exactly work the way we wanted. So there's no point in doing that. Low impact stuff, low value stuff, speed, high value, high impact stuff, quality. And you know that is how you're gonna focus on the highest leverage points. I mean, the takeaway with the whole thing is that obviously, in business, both speed and quality are important. And speed has never been more important than today's day and age when we live in the digital age with a small world that's interconnected and things are moving at the speed of light. At the same time, we can't sacrifice quality because competition is at an all-time high. So if we're just ramming products out into the market and they don't have enough quality or value to customers, that isn't gonna be a recipe for success either. So we have to find that balance. Neither is more important than the other. They're both equally important, and it's a matter of prioritizing what to do when and where. So the key is to find those leverage points, the points where pouring more focus into quality will give you a return on that investment, and the ones where pouring more um, time and focus into quality won't we want to we want to shift those to the speed side of the equation. And so we're going to focus on speed for low impact, quality for high impact, and that'll give us the best return on our investment and the best business results. Be sure to subscribe so you get every episode and share it with a friend. And until next time, remember, no matter what you want from your business and your life, don't compromise, optimize.